1: This is the Greg Peterson experience.
0: He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine
3: purr. On Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
4: This is hour number three of the Greg Peterson experience on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. and we do have a tremendous hour for you guys. We're going to be taking a look at some games that are not Thursday Night Football here in segment number one. I will give you guys what I like in Thursday night football in the final segment as I just pretty much give you guys everything I like in general on Thursday. I'll be giving you guys my DK nation pick on the diamond in the final segment as well. But that's that if you're betting on Thursday night football, and I'm sure that many of you guys are, I would say probably don't go the world's heaviest on this game. It might not be the world's greatest watch. And Hey, if you've got a big giant advantage, obviously do play it. I'm sure that Not many of them involve too many guys going over their player props or anything like that, but we are going to be having Thursday night football, so we do have that, and we're going to be having a pair of great guests joining me as well. Scott Reichel, he does great work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and Brad Thomas, he does great work over at NBC Sports. But we're going to be taking a look at this weekend's college football and NFL games. But on top of that, we're going to be talking some soccer. I know that they've got some EPL picks and. Rumor has it they've got a little bit of Bundesliga for us as well because I always do think that it is important to take a look at a wide variety of markets. No one handicapper can take a look at like every single market trying to handicap football, pro basketball, college basketball, and then in terms of football, pro football, college football, trying to lump in there some hockey, trying to lump in there every single soccer league in the world. You're able to go down the list, tennis, golf. No one person can do it alone, so when there are some sports that I don't necessarily hit upon as much, like in soccer, we call on the experts to be able to make you guys some money because I do think that it is important to be able to find value, whether it is in football, whether it is in basketball, whether it's in soccer, tennis, you're able to go down the line, so that is going to be a great chat in our number three, but let's first things first, take a look at some NFL games for this week, which I do think that there is some value with, and I just still take a look at this Chargers versus Broncos game, and I feel like this line is a little bit too low because we just don't know if Russell Wilson is going to play or not, and one thing that has been befuddling for me, because the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, and all the attention goes towards quarterbacks. Heck, I still remember in May when we had the NBA playoffs going on, we had some great MLB games that were going on, you were able to go down the list, and leading the headlines in terms of what we were seeing middle of May, early June, where is Baker Mayfield A completely mediocre and below-average quarterback going to be going. It was getting the headlines over actual games that we were seeing. And yet, what is happening right now with Russell Wilson, he undergoes a little bit of a surgery on his shoulder. It sounds like, according to Nathaniel Hackett, he should be good to go for Sunday. But this guy didn't know enough to not go for a 64-yard field goal. So I literally cannot trust anything that this man says coming out of his mouth because if he says that something should be going the right way, I would be taking a look at the left because this guy has been wrong on everything that he has schemed up for the Denver Broncos. But I mean, the fact that we're not making more of a deal out of this is just truly interesting to me now with Russell Wilson. Boy, has have we ever seen an athlete just get more more soured upon than Russell Wilson? And it's not just for the corny phrases and everything like that saying, look, Broncos nation, let's ride and everything like that because I mean, there have been a lot of people that thought that he's a little bit strange. I do think that he's honestly quite genuine of what he says. This is not the place to be able to judge that. I'm only judging how much money is going to make slash lose your bankroll because this is a meritocracy. This is exactly what you need to be focusing on. And right now, if you're looking at Russell Wilson prior to last season, he was doing a great job for your bankroll. And right now this year, not so much as he's completing fewer than sixty percent of his passes, but I mean, even if you don't have Russell Wilson out there, the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Brett Rippin. You may recall he actually did get a start against the New York Jets very famously a few seasons ago. And you well, know, this is this is honestly a pretty sizable downgrade to Russell Wilson. Do I think that he's gonna play ultimately, yes, but you got to figure that that's going to affect them, and we've seen no real line movement whatsoever on this. This is a line that opened up with the Chargers being earlier in the week more around a five- to six-point favorite, and this has come down to four-and-a-half in most spots. DraftKings has won the lone fives that I'm seeing out there. It's just mind-numbing to me that the money is coming in on the Denver Broncos, and I do recognize that the Chargers have their faults. This is far from an infallible team, but if you look at the Chargers on paper, And on paper and paper alone, because they are dealing with their injuries, no doubt the Joey Bosa injury has been hurting them, they've been a little bit banged up in terms of the offensive line, but on paper alone, when they are fully healthy, this is, in my opinion, a top-five team in the NFL. Now, they're coached by a complete moron, Rand Staley himself. I talk about Nathaniel Hackett, who he is right now the second-worst coach I've ever seen in my life, because there's no worse coach than Urban Meyer, who literally was so brain-dead that he kicked his kicker in the leg, which... That is just something that is so befuddling that I have no idea how that ever happened. But, yeah, but we did get the Urban Meyer era last season. But, that's it. It's pretty bad. But, with that said, if the Chargers end up losing that game because Brandon Staley goes for it on fourth down, that, in my opinion, would have been a little bit more of a fireball offense. And I just always say this with the Chargers. And this band's back from their days when they were with San Diego, It just feels like every single time the Chargers are playing on TV and every time they're on CBS, they've got the curse of 60 minutes. And by the curse of 60 minutes, I say typically when a game goes down to like two minutes remaining on CBS, you hear and 60 minutes is coming up next everywhere except for on the West Coast. And that is the Chargers cue to immediately do something completely dumb. If they're on defense, they're going to allow some walk-in touchdown. If they're on offense, they're going to fumble the ball. They're going to throw an interception, something like this. So the good news is they don't have to worry about that. They're on Monday Night Football, which means that there will be no 60 minutes following the L.A. Chargers. So that's a good thing. But also with the Chargers, they just have this team completely outgunned, in my opinion. Austin Eckler has been able to do an incredible job out of the backfield. He's able to do a nice job of... Being able to gain yards on the ground, we saw that getting a buck 73 against the Cleveland Browns. He was able to just completely cash him. It was a little bit of a rough go of the first three weeks of the season. I think that he was personally dealing with a little bit of an ailment. He now looks fully healthy, and on top of that, there's a chance that Keenan Allen might be able to play in this game as well. He was apparently back at practice a little bit on Wednesday. That's a very good sign, and I do think that this is a, an offense that completely operates a little bit differently when you do have Keenan Allen in the fold. This is just one that stands out to me because I do take a look at the total, and this is what I like more so than anything else. I do think that the Chargers should be able to win by a touchdown, but seeing a total of between 45.5 and 46 with the LA Chargers having a defense that has struggled a little bit, but a lot of big names on defense, bringing in Khalil Mack and company. I know that Joey Bosa is dealing with an injury, but taking a look at that defense and a Broncos team that, they weren't scoring when Russell, Wilson, when Russell Wilson was apparently fully healthy, and now him having to get a little bit of a procedure done on his shoulder, that to me just screams out that this is a number that's a little bit mispriced, and then I just still go back to a game that we touched upon in over number one with Mark Drummeller of Yahoo Sports and Top Casali of Action Network. This Bills versus Chiefs game, to me, it just seems mispriced. I do think that the Buffalo Bills are the top team in the AFC, and I think that they should be atop the odds board, odds to be able to win the Super Bowl, odds to be able to win the AFC and something like that. But if you take the old adage of home field advantage being worth three points in the NFL and when it comes to home field advantage, home court advantage, I do think that you need to do more than just a boilerplate three points. I don't think that it's one size fits all. Like the Kansas City Chiefs, it is one of the loudest arenas that you're ever going to find And with the Kansas City Chiefs faithful, they always do a great job of packing that stadium. I would give them a little bit more than an average home field personally. That's just me. You can agree slash disagree, but I do think that it is very important to take a look at these home venues a little bit differently. Like for example, the LA Chargers, they don't have as great of a home crowd as say the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that that's very fair to say. And the team that they're facing off against Buffalo Bills, I mean, Bills Mafia, those fans are absolutely tremendous. So Got to give credit where credit is due there. But if you're taking the just, I guess you'd call it traditional model of home field being worth three points, this means that on a neutral field, the Buffalo Bills are at minimum five and a half points clear of every other team in the AFC. I just can't agree. This is a Buffalo Bills team that Josh Allen has been able to play terrific. He's currently atop the odds board to be able to win MVP. And I do think that that's very justified. The one real weakness that you saw with the Buffalo Bills last season was that they weren't able to do the world's greatest job of rushing the passer. Todd Miller has helped out with that, and you've been able to see some of the younger guys that they've they've drafted in recent years be able to take off as well, so they've been able to do a nice job on that front, but this is still a Kansas City Chiefs team that you saw Travis Kelsey hauling four touchdowns on Monday Night Football. It's a Chiefs defense that, as the year goes along, They always get better and better. Really, the turning point for them was game number six last season because you may recall, first five games of the season, they were on pace to give up a historic amount of points. I believe that they had given up 29-plus points in each of their first five weeks of the season. I think that they allowed 28-plus just one week after that, and I think that it was in December. So this is a Kansas City Chiefs defense. I do think it's going to be able to hunker down a little bit more. This is a motivational game on both sides. You can use the revenge angle of the Buffalo Bills, but you could also use this as a motivation spot for the Kansas City Chiefs, them just being a little bit counted out right now, everyone giving the credence of the Buffalo Bills, and I think that this is a big statement game for them saying, hey, don't forget about us. We are still a team that we were able to make the Super Bowl both three years ago and two years ago. We were close last season. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a proven game for them, and then I also take a look at this game as well, and it's just very simple for me. Green Bay Packers against the New York Jets. The Green Bay Packers, with the way that their offense is operating, should not be a touchdown favorite. I recognize that the New York Jets, they're three and two record. To me, it's built on a little bit of sand. I am still not a Zach Wilson believer at all, but I take a look at this Jets defense and I do think that it's starting to improve. And for the green Bay Packers, there's clearly something wrong with that wide receiver core. It's going to take a little bit of time for things to get settled there. And, Quite frankly, with the Green Bay Packers, they're more of a defense team at a total of 45. I would take that under, and I think that this has gotten up too lofty with the Green Bay Packers. And we'll be getting some more football thoughts in general coming up next. Brad Thomas, he does amazing work at NBC Sports Edge. And then we have got Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be taking a look at some of the marquee NFL and college football games for this weekend next here on v the Sports Bank Network. The basketball season is ready to tip off, and now is your time to grab your Visa Pro basketball betting guide with season prep on all 30 teams. Our hoops experts, including John Von Tobel, provide strategies and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. We also have five betting tips for beginning NBA betters. Give yourself an edge this NBA season. Get the Visa and NBA betting guide by becoming a Visa Pro subscriber today at visa.com/slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, joined by a pair of great guests right now. It's Brad Thomas. He does absolutely tremendous work over there at NBC Sports Bet. Scott Reichel does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Always a pleasure to have you aboard, and I will lead off with both of you guys on this one because you guys both took the same side on the college football game, and then we'll go into some NFL from there. But Brad, take me through this Clemson versus Florida State game, clemson between about a three and a half and a four point favorite. And when it comes to Clemson, I recognize that it's been a little bit more touch and go for this team than it has been in the past with the defense, but it feels like they're getting healthy at the right time. And I think that this is going to be a statement game for them.
3: Yeah, this is a fun game if you're backing Clemson. So, you know, they're going against Florida State. I'm on Clemson minus four. Clemson so far this season have won every game by six plus. And you touched on their defense. Their defense is stacking up great with a 91 PFF grade against a Florida State team who was able to offer very little. Against a North Carolina State team who honestly doesn't stack up on paper as well as Clemson does. Clemson's biggest issues have been their secondary, and I've definitely touched on that, but I don't expect Jordan Travis and company of Florida State to be able to light up this Clemson team with the pass rush that's constantly going to get pressure on them. And most importantly about this Clemson team, DJU. DJU has an 85 PFF grade, making him one of the highest rated quarterbacks in college. Why is that important? Because Clemson have always had a good defense with him, but these mightily struggled now that he's making that next step they make them a viable playoff contender
4: i'm glad that i'm not the only person that calls some dju because i believe that the pronunciation <laughs> is dj ui ungulele and well i have a tough time with that so dju is where i go with her and scott i know that you're on this game as well take me through why you like clemson in this spot
2: Yeah, so I found three and a half. I'm going to take it. Uh, We talked about the fact that Clemson has the much more talented overall roster every year. Florida State definitely peaked early in the year. Let's put it that way. They've lost each of the last two games to Wake Forest at home. They got blown out in that game, and it was kind of close at the end, but they were really getting dominated for most of it. And they lost to NC State on the road, blew a decent lead. NC State also was using a backup quarterback who couldn't actually throw in the entire fourth quarter. And Florida State still ended up losing the game. Travis with the awful interception in field goal territory. But Clemson's won each of the last six meetings. Uyungle has been very good so far this season, and that's definitely been a big reason why Clemson has been able to take maybe a little bit of a step backwards in order to look like a better overall team because they've taken, what, like three steps forward offensively compared to last year. But Florida State, I get the fact they're at home. I really don't care. We saw Wake go in there and dominate and Norvell. I still don't think it's a very good coach. I'll take Dabo Sweeney 10 times out of 10 in that matchup. Give me Clemson to win this game by at least four, probably by a lot more. I think they win by seven plus.
4: Yep. No question. I do think that the coaching advantage, it does lie with Clemson in this one. And it is the exact opposite of what we're going to be seeing on Thursday night football, because I don't know if you really have too many advantages to be had in this one, man. Scott, you are the bold soul out of the three of us that has a play in this game as it is going to be the Commanders and the Bears in a game in which you might be wanting to watch Desperate Housewives reruns instead because this is going to be a tough one. It is in the neighborhood of a pick in most spots. I'm seeing a couple straight minus ones both sides on this one with a total of 38. And I know that you, Scott, you straight away from the side in total. Take me through what you were able to come up with for Thursday Night Football.
2: Yeah, when you said Desperate Housewives, I'll be watching the Yankee game. So I'm not going to be watching this, but I'll be watching something else. If it doesn't get rained
4: out, keep that in mind.
2: uh, I'm assuming it will, so fingers crossed we'll see. But last week we expected an awful game on Thursday night, and I came out and gave a player prop on interception because I didn't like the quarterbacks involved. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take Carson Wentz interception at minus 110. I just think that price is too cheap. He's thrown interception at least one in five of his last six games. He's already thrown six this season. And Washington cannot run the ball, so it kind of forces Wentz to throw the ball a lot. Wentz, whether you like him or not, has attempted at least 38 passes in each of the first five games, including 38 and a competitive loss against Tennessee last week, which ended on an interception in the red zone. But the point is, Washington can't run the ball. They have a decent amount of running backs. I'm not sure how many of them are actually good. But Wentz, we know, is going to throw the ball a lot. He's not exactly careful with the football. And he also has an injured right shoulder. So the fact that he's kind of battling something to his throwing shoulder, and he's already turnover prone to begin with, I think one throw is extremely, I'd say, off target. Or maybe he just makes a bad read. But for, an interest, for in, a turnover-prone quarterback with a banged-up shoulder, I think it's definitely a solid value play at minus 110 for
4: a pick. If yep, I mentioned this in our number one, just mind-numbing that the Commanders have had him throw the ball at least 38 times in each out of his first five games. So, yeah, not great there. But this game should be a little bit better, in my opinion, as the Seattle Seahawks, surprisingly, without Russell Wilson, they've been letting Geno Smith cook, and he's been cooking up, well... More than Russell Wilson has thus far this season. Brad, I know you've got to play here as the Arizona Cardinals. They're between a 2.5 and a 3-point road favorite. Total on this game is anywhere between 50.5 50 and 51. I think that you've got the same rationale that I do with the Arizona Cardinals. It's been a little bit of a train wreck this season. and They don't deserve to be a road favorite. I like the Seahawks in this spot. I think that you're thinking what I'm thinking.
3: Yeah, I'm on the Seahawks all day, every day. Listen, when you grade teams in the offseason, you want to see how they're going to improve from year to year. In Arizona, for me, their biggest knock on them was their defensive efficiency. They lacked getting pressure on the quarterback, then lost key pieces in the offseason and did absolutely nothing to replace them. This game is going to be an absolute shootout, and it's a shock that I'm taking the Seahawks in one, but they're led by Geno Smith, who leads the NFL in completion percentage and passer rating. Also, they get Kenneth Walker. Now, Richard Penny's down. Unfortunate loss for them, but I think Kenneth Walker is going to shine and be one of the best rookie running backs in this class. The, the Cardinals are a mess. The Cardinals offensively are a mess. The Cardinals are banged up, and James Conner himself is not playing. I think this the complement of players that the Seattle Seahawks team has is hand and foot better than this Arizona Cardinals team. So you're you're giving me points at home for a team that I think is light years better. It's something that I can't pass up.
4: Yep, I cannot blame you there. And then it's very strange that I'm mentioning this, but it's a Jacoby Brissett revenge game. The New England Patriots are on the road facing off against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a two and a half point favorite. We're seeing some threes out there, but a lot of the threes have been drying up. We're seeing mostly two and a half as of right now. Total on this game and between 43 and 43 and a half. And Scott, I know that you took a look at this game. Very interesting one to say the least with a pair of quarterbacks that we may not have been expecting and a Patriots team that's been a little bit all over the place. A Cleveland Browns team that certainly has been a little bit all over the place. Where do you stand on this?
2: So, I still see a couple of threes, as you said before, fewer and further between, but I still see it. So, I'm going to take the key number and take the Patriots plus three. They had a very good game last week. We were wondering why they were favored by that many points against Detroit. Now, you know why, because they won by 29 points. They didn't allow anything. And you're looking at Cleveland. They just invent ways to lose games. They've been involved in so many close games, and none of them have gone their way. Lost to the Chargers in heartbreaking fashion last week. Lost to the Falcons two weeks ago, despite Mariota only completing seven passes. And they blew that game against the Jets, where they gave up 14 points in about a minute and 10 seconds. So the point is, Cleveland is involved in a lot of close games they don't win any of them, and I think Belichick will have a very good defensive game plan. Stevenson did a very good job as the lead back last week with the Harris injury. I think he'll run well. We saw Eckler torch this defense last week, and Zappi I think is good enough to limit the mistakes. He's mostly fading Cleveland against the Belichick-led defense, but at the end of the day, Cleveland is also not very good at home against the number. The Browns are six and eight. Uh, sorry, they are two and six. Sorry, ATS into their last eight home games. I don't trust Cleveland being favored against a solid coaching staff and against a team that will not beat themselves. We saw with Brissett's interception, in the red zone, Cleveland will continue to beat themselves. Give me the Patriots plus three.
4: Yep. An interesting AFC matchup, but I would argue that this one is a little bit more interesting. The bills go on the road to face off against Kansas city chiefs. And I think that you're looking where I'm looking on this one, Brad, as the Kansas city chiefs between a two and a half to a three point underdog. And I think, think that the Bills are the top team in the AFC, but if you're giving me this line, you're saying that the Buffalo Bills are between 5.5 and and 6 points clear of any team in the AFC on a neutral field. I can't agree. I don't know if you're diving in with the points with me, Brad, or not on the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think this has gotten up too lofty.
3: Yeah, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to be the elephant in the room and say that this is a game where I see there's value on the Chiefs playing in Arrowhead. Listen, if we watch the Bills the last time, not the last time but earlier this season when they were a favorite on the road against Miami, they started using excuses about the 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 heat and exhaustion um while they had a quarterback that threw for under 200 yards that still beat them. This Kansas City team is Kansas City Chiefs team is a lot better than that Miami team, both getting pressure on the quarterback and with the quarterback play and wide receiver weapons. Yes, I said that. A team without Tyreek Hill has looked better. With their weapons, so I have to take the points here. I think there's tremendous value for a team that has very good chance to win outright.
4: I agree with you, and there's a lot of value in taking a look at some soccer. So we're going to be rejoined by Brad and Scott on the other side, taking a look at EPL and Bundesliga here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Make game day a little bit more chill with some extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with the Coors Light College Football Pick'Em. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'Em now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. You apply. to DraftKings.com for details as per usual. Please do drink responsibly Yes, we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on these the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Brad Thomas, does great work over there at NBC Sports Bet, and Scott Reichel does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and last segment, we talked some football. This segment, we're talking some football. We're going to go with some EPL and some Bundesliga here, and Brad, I know you've got a little bit of action when it comes to Sunday in terms of what we're going to be seeing in Liverpool versus Manchester City. A little bit of a chalkier money line that you're used to seeing with Man City. Typically, this is a little bit of a tighter matchup. We're finding them right around about a minus 130 to a minus 135-ish favorite. Any chance that Liverpool could be able to give a little bit of competition here, or do you think that it's going to be all Man City?
3: Yeah, well, first I'm going to say this. It's hard to pick up wins in Anfield, and I'm going to be the brave soul who goes on the contrary of that, and I'm going to back Manchester City. Uh, With their midweek results aside, I really don't care that City held to a nil-nil draw or Liverpool 1-7-1. That is not why I'm attacking this match. It's all about depth and personnel. For Liverpool, they are battling so many injuries While still having to play European competition, and they're putting loftier expectations on guys like Darwin Nunez to make that next step to replace guys like Sadio Mane, where you have a Manchester City side who's one of the deepest teams. They're not battling injuries, and oh yeah, they have the freak of nature, Erling Haaland, sitting in front of net, outscoring 14 teams in the Premier League. Manchester City is poised to make a run at the title while they're only second on the table. They are one of the best defensive sides, and I think even against the Liverpool team who got a little bit of their mojo back in this last these last two games, I think they put up a big fight, and Erling Haaland goes berserk, and they win this game.
4: And I do think that, Scott, you're also on this game as well, so take me through what you like. and. Man City versus Liverpool, because I know that you guys were on the same page when it came to the Clemson game. So you guys are on the same page in terms of both football and football.
2: Yeah, for this one, I also like Man City. I am going to put a little wrinkle into it, though. I kind of like a same game parlay here with Man City to win and both teams to score. I see a lot of offense in this matchup. Liverpool does have a lot of talented overall, I'd say forwards. The issue is defensively and in the midfield, they leave a lot to be desired. And that's kind of why I expect eventually Man City to break through for a bunch of goals. But I'm looking at the spot here where Holland's incredible. He's basically unstoppable in the entire league. You're looking at Foden, who's also a really good winger. And I thought that it was definitely an advantage for Man City that they were so far ahead in the group they could arrest everybody against Copenhagen. So they got a couple of extra days off to fully prepare for Liverpool, where Liverpool didn't have that luxury. They won 7-1, but they had to basically play everybody. The point is, I think you're going to see a lot of goals between both teams. I just think Man City probably scores three or four. I think Liverpool scores one or two. But that two pick pays out at it around plus 165. I could see a 3-1 type game, something like that. But I think you'll see a lot of offense, mostly from Man City in this game.
4: It should be fun to take a look at as we've got some really good EPL action that's going to be coming up. And then I know that we've got some good Bundesliga that's going to be coming up as well. And do note that when it comes to Bundesliga, you've got Bundesliga pretty much the one and the two as both are really going to be getting going. And Scott, I know you've got a little bit of action as what we're going to be seeing on Saturday as I know you're taking a little bit of a look at Union Berlin. So take me through this matchup for Saturday.
2: Well, a bit unexpected at this point. Union Berlin, top of the table. I don't think anybody had that at this point in the season, but that's where they are. Uh, They're taking on Bochum on the road, but Union Berlin's been very good this season, and Bochum's been the opposite. They're actually in dead last. But Berlin's been very good defensively. It's only allowed six goals in nine games, and Bochum's allowed 23 in nine games. But it's very rare you find a team that's atop the table against a team that's in relegation territory, and it's only even money. On the three-way money line, I find that kind of odd. I'm going with Union Berlin because as of right now they've been very consistent. They're a good defensive team, and Bochum's the exact opposite. But I don't really care about the road aspect because Berlin has three wins on the road this season already. Even money, though, for a top-table team against a bottom feeder, and that's a great price. I'm going to take it.
4: Yep, and when it comes to Bundesliga, it feels like things are starting to get fortified a little bit more in this league. And Brad, I know you're taking a look at a little bit of a bigger money line, so take me through what you like in terms of Bundesliga for the weekend.
3: Yeah, so I'm looking at the Bayern Munich versus Freiburg game, and if you are a guy who's into the futures market, it's time to start loading up on Bayern Munich uh, futures. Listen, they're, what, second or third on the table and still a playable price. I'm going to be on them to win, plus both teams to score. So much like Scott did in the game uh, that we previously talked about. I like this here for a number of reasons. This number has hit in four of the last five meetings between the two. It's hit in a numerous amount of the wins that Bayern have had this season. And Freiburg, they will put up a fight. They have a well-trained attack, but this Bayern Munich team is special. From the midfield to the, to the forwards, they are probably better without having to rely on uh, Lewandowski, uh, players like Sané have taken the next step. And Thomas Müller is still the guy who is defying age and scoring and assisting and making his team better. Defensively, due to the style that they play, realistically, it, it's no surprise why they give up one or two cheeky goals. But when you're in high, high-octane attack, it's, it's totally cool to give up one goal a game because you know you're going to put two or three past your opponent. So for me, it's Bayern Munich, uh, money line plus both teams to score. If you are afraid of that, I think Freiburg gets shut out, which has only happened twice this season, then you could take Bayern Munich and over two and a half goals, but I'd rather take the plus 135.
4: And I love that you pointed out the futures market as well, because there's going to be a lot more futures action when it comes to soccer here in the coming weeks. Because as we know, when it comes to November, the World Cup is going to be coming up as well. And that means that things are getting hot and heavy when it comes to Bundesliga, when it comes to EPL, and I'll throw this out to you, Scott. In terms of any of these leagues, it could be for the World Cup that is going to be coming up, EPL, Bundesliga, list goes on and on. Is there any features that you might be willing to take right now just with regards to any of these leagues?
2: I think with regard to the World Cup, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach because some of it has to do with the overall chemistry and seeing how they generally look early on. So I don't typically dabble that much into The World Cup futures at this point, maybe a group or so, but I do think if you're looking at futures, I think that Brad just mentioned one. I think Bayern's definitely a good team to consider. You know, of course, you want to pick the obvious one and go Man City, but they're such a huge favorite now. It's not even worth it. I'm going to go with Bayern as well. I mentioned Union Berlin being a shocking top of the table team right now. I never said it was going to stay that way. <laughs> I just said that's what it is right now. But I think Bayern eventually is just so talented. They have so many overall weapons up front. They're also very good in the midfield and defensively. And Neuer is still one of the best goalies in the entire world. I think they you're looking for a team that's a not in first right now, that should end up in first by a decent margin, Bayern's won this league, what, every year for the last like decade and change? It's probably worth it if you look at the price now compared to where the
4: season started. I think that that's something good that you bring up as well because when it comes to the World Cup, first match is going to be, I believe, on the 20th of November. So we're looking at about a month, month and a half away. And right as we know, a lot of these guys, they play in a lot of these leagues that we're bringing up. A lot of these guys play in Bundesliga. A lot of these guys play in the EPL. You're able to go down the line, these top-tier leagues. And how important is it to gauge these guys right now when it comes to getting into the World Cup? Because you do have to feel like, Some of these guys, they might be saving themselves just a little bit for the World Cup as well, because especially when these guys come from countries that maybe haven't had a lot of success in terms of the World Cup, they want to really be able to bring home a title and or just have a good finish in general.
3: There's absolutely nothing more important to a football player than getting a cap for their country. So you're going to see as we edge an inch closer to the World Cup, Guys who are on form and sure shot selections for their teams like Kevin De Bruyne, they're not going to play as much, possibly not as hard for their domestic sides. Um, But if you look at guys like Jack Grealish, who also plays for Manchester City, he's not 100 percent in favor in favor with Garrett Southgate. So he will be playing a lot harder, probably be requesting from uh, Pep Guardiola to play more minutes so he can join one of those uh, one of those starting lineups for the world cup it is so important that these guys are fit that they're in form and that they're in the favor of their coach so it's interesting to watch when we get into that week before uh they take that international break i'd probably start looking at some some underdogs who are going against teams with really important players on their on their uh, international sides
4: and i think that that's so important to bring up because while these guys are really earning their paycheck when it comes to these domestic teams At the same time, the World Cup, it is really the biggest thing in the world. It's not like where you have the World Baseball Classic or something like that, where it's like, yeah, you know what? These guys are going to play. They're going to have fun. The World Cup, it really means more than any other shall I say tournament in the world because there's going to be billions with a B watching it. And I know you guys are going to be prepped for that. You guys do an amazing job taking a look at a little bit of everything from football to football. Scott, Brad, always a pleasure, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to get Brad Thomas aboard. Does great work at the NBC Sports Edge and likewise with Scott Reichel over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Coming up in the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience. Gonna give you guys my DK and H to pick for baseball on Thursday and a little bit of what I like in terms of Thursday night football here on V Esports Bank Network.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Lace them up with Bet Rivers online sportsbook, your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts this hockey season. The action is going to be starting right at puck drop as every Tuesday, you get Tuesday first goal insurance. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app every Tuesday and place a first goal scorer wager on any game as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Great be, to be able to talk just a wide variety of things with Brad Thomas over there at NBC Sports Bet and Scott Raichel, who does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Talk some soccer, talk some college football, talk some NFL. We covered all the bases except for, ironically not enough, the sport that is involving bases in baseball. So here in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys what I like on the diamond for this Thursday. Not going to give you guys too much in terms of Yankees versus guardians, just because I do think that that is a game that is most likely going to be getting washed out. So we're going to be sticking most mostly with the DK nation pick, and then going to dive into a little bit of Thursday night football as well, though it is a, shall we say not so appeasing game. I was actually talking with my producer, Jason Kahn, and at some point, we need to get a segment that's called Greg's Grody Games because that just rolls right off the tongue right there. And that perfectly describes Thursday night football. But I'm going to give you guys what I like there. It's going to be more player props rather than the side and the toe because it's not too terrific. But if you're listening to this program live, you're going to be getting the Greg Peterson Experience replay coming up next. And then if you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, follow the money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. Going to be coming your way, but in the meantime, we've got you guys covered with baseball for Thursday with 9:51, 9:52 on the board. The game that we know is going to be played in terms of the Thursday, the Seattle Mariners hitting the road to face off against the Houston Astros. And it's Framber Valdez is going to be going for the Strozen. and Luis Castillo is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Total on this game is seven. You've got the Houston Astros between minus 147 and minus 155 favorites, anywhere between plus 135 and plus 140 is your number on Seattle. The write-up for DK Nation is going to be on the total. Right now, we're seeing most places go to 7 on this total, and even at a 6.5, I was willing to take a look at the under, but especially now being able to get a 7, which means that the game lands 4-3. to three. Instead of a loss, which you'd get on 6.5, you then get a push, but both of these starters have been very dynamic all season long. From Valdez had a streak during the season which he went 25 straight starts with a quality start. And a quality start is essentially a pitcher goes six innings or more, giving up three earned runs or fewer. From Valdez had that streak going pretty much from very late April into September. The guy has been absolutely masterful all season long for the Houston Astros. And with Fromber Valdez, he does a good job of what the Seattle Mariners really thrive on in terms of their offense. With the Seattle Mariners, Worst batting average in the American League since the All-Star break, but they're number two in the American League in terms of home runs on a prep-bat basis. With From Valdez, he does a good job of getting weak content and ground balls, as he has allowed just three home runs in over 84 innings at home thus far this season. Now, I will say this for From Valdez. He has an ERA that's a little bit north of a 3-5, when he has been at home, more like a 225 on the road, but I do think that he's going to do a solid job against the Seattle Mariners team that they just have a lot of guys in general that they don't do a good job of being able to move the line. Now, I do recognize that Cal Raleigh and Carlos Santana during the regular season had a combined 45 home runs, but both of these guys hitting below a 225 along with guys like A. Dillon Moore, Jared Kelnick, whenever Abraham Toro's been out there, it's been a little bit of a dead bat as well. Meanwhile, for the Houston Astros, They themselves are down a little bit with their offense, which is why they were the only team in the big leagues that had over 60% of their games hit the under. Now, we all know now that Jordan Alvarez, thanks to the just massive shot in general that he hit against Robbie Ray a few days ago, he is back to his old form after the All-Star break. You could tell that he was dealing with some ailments. He is certainly back to 100% during the season, 37 home runs on base percentage hovering in the neighborhood about a 400 to a 405. But on top of that, you do have Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman in the lineup hitting for a combined 45 home runs. Pena has been able to about a 255, 365 on base for Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve. A combined between the two of them, 58 home runs. Altuve hitting 300. Tucker, more of a RBI guy with north of But this is a bunch at towards the bottom of the lineup, especially at the catcher spot. They do leave a little bit of something to be desired. Yuli Gurriel didn't have the world's greatest season and a big reason why the CK Nation pick is going to be on the under is because of these two bullpens. Ever since the All-Star break, both of these teams rank in the top seven in terms of bullpen ERA. Both rank overall for the season in the top eight in that category as well. With the Seattle Mariners, you got to figure that they're not going to be using Robbie Ray out of the bullpen ever again. I think that they realized that that was a bad plan. Everyone on the face of planet Earth could have seen that coming, but with that said, you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners bullpen And during the regular season, it had been rock solid. Now, during the postseason, especially with Paul Seawald, we have seen him not necessarily be so nails, but with Seawald, Andres Munoz, Eric Swanson, Penn Murphy, all these guys posted up a sub-two bullpen ERA. They are able to get a little bit of length out of Matthew Boyd, a former starter that's out on the bullpen. He's been able to supply with his time with the Seattle Mariners a sub-150 ERA. Certainly doing for a little bit of regression, but he's been able to do a solid job there. And then when it comes to the flip side, for the Houston Astros. They don't have Seth Martinez on the lineup, unfortunately. I know that he's been dealing with some injuries, but with that said, he, Brian Abreu, throwing there, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Sanek, all posting up sub-275 ERAs on this bullpen. Ryan Presley has been rock solid. Heck, you've been able to get some solid innings out of even someone like a Phil Maton that is a little bit more off the radar. Hector Naris has been able to do a solid job as well, and then You do take a look at the Seattle starter in Luis Castillo, and ever since he's gotten to Seattle, he's been having better command than he's really had in his career. 2.1 walks per nine innings, if you include his one postseason start in which he went seven and a third innings scoreless against the Toronto Blue Jays, has not been allowing the deep ball too much himself, giving up about 0.8 home runs per nine innings ever since he's got to Seattle, actually closer to 0.75, so even better on that front. Posting up about a 285 ERA, so he's been able to do a very solid job for the Seattle bunch. And many of his innings this season came in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark in Cincinnati. So the fact that he was able to overcome that speaks to how well he's been pitching thus far this season. I do think that you're going to get a nice duel, but you also just have to take into account when it comes to the money line in this game, which DK Nation write-up is on the under, so this is a little bit independent of that. But just if you're taking a look at the money line in this game, you have to take into account just I mean, I wish it was more complex than this, but having the soul ripped out of you by the Houston Astros in game number two, and I mean, or in game number one, and I mean, the momentum that you're going to be able to get with Luis Casio should be able to mitigate that a little bit, but you got to feel like with the Seattle Mariners, it felt like they were the team of destiny. And then Jordan Alvarez just changed all of destiny with that big giant home run that he hit against the Seattle Mariners. I like the Houston Astros on the money line, and I do think that it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I think that it's going to be a tight game, and the reason why I like the Astros on the money line is that if you're looking to take a run and half with the Seattle Mariners, which I don't necessarily hate. I could see this being a one-run game, which is why I would rather take a money line rather than a run line of the Astros, and let's call it what it is, what I think is going to be a low-scoring game. That's more like minus 172, even as high as a minus 180, so are actually getting significantly better value on the Houston Astros, just winning the game outright with more like a minus 145, minus 155-ish money line, rather than taking a look at a run line. So that's where I stand there. Money line of the Astros, DK Nation write-up that is going to be on this total under. And then let's take a look at there's a football. We reserved about the last two minutes for it. That's probably all the time that it deserves, as you've got the Washington Commanders facing off against the Chicago Bears. Bears are in between a one-point favorite to a one-point underdog. We're seeing Lots of movement in terms of this game, lots of pick and prices. Total on this game is 38. If I were to play the side or the total, I'd be looking at the under because both of these offenses are absolutely putrid. But what I really am taking a look at is Justin Fields under his player prop passing. The total is set at 168 and a half in terms of his passing yards. I do recognize they broke the 200 yard barrier from the game last week, but. And you just take a look at Justin Fields in general, and it's been incredibly sad thus far this season as he has thrown for fewer completions than Cooper Cup has receptions this season. It's just absolutely mind numbing. What we have seen on the Chicago Bears this season. I think that they are gonna be running the ball. They're gonna be trying to feed their guys like a David Montgomery, trying to be able to get him aboard. I know that Cleo Herbert has been able to have himself a relatively nice season. I don't know if nearly six yards per carry is necessarily sustainable, and we saw that come back to bite him a little bit in that Vikings game, only four carries for 11 yards. So I do think that taking a look at a lot of unders is probably where you do want to be looking And Honestly, I do think that with the Chicago Bears giving up 170 rushing yards, if you're looking for any sort of an over, probably the Washington Commanders going over some of their rushing yard props that would be something to take a look at as well. But I'm taking a look at Justin Fields to throw under his passing prop in this game. And if I had to take a side, I'd be taking a look at the Washington Commanders. But I have not bet that, and I frankly don't want to either. But something that I do want to take a look at is a little bit more soccer in future weeks as well. And that is going to be the basis of this VSIM Pro Tip. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of these. And when it comes to the lead up to the World Cup, Keep in mind, guys are going to play a big role in the World Cup as they're most likely going to be rested. And if you're taking a look at their domestic leagues in the EPL and Bundesliga, that can offer some value on the teams facing off against those star players. And someone that is a star, that would be the show follow the money, Mitch Moss Power. They come your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern here on Beeson Esports Bank Network.
3: Check out the Veasan store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. You'll find Veasan shirts and hats for any occasion, and they're all made to order, so you can find the right disorder. Desi- so you can find the right disorder. Desi- so you can find the right disorder. Desi- so you can. Find the right desi- order, so you can